1: Hey, we are here at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, and right on time, right on cue, here he is. Here he yes. is. How, Roseman, it. the general manager. Wait, wait, of so stay. Wait, stay what? here for a second. Stay what? here. What?
3: Evaluate. What do you think? Do I do I fit? In? I mean, do I fit my clothes I, I this year? It's getting oh, wow. there. It's
4: wow! Better wow. To those yeah. Construction MC well Hammer I I wore last year.
1: Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. How about that? Not trying to. Not trying to. How are you? Are we live right now? Yeah, we we're are live. What the hell? Yeah, oh, we're just going. Say whatever you want. No one's watching it, so we can say whatever we want. That's great. That's great. So
4: I'm not going to try that. I feel like I can be burnt. Trying to
1: think of a good conspiracy theory that i could I know, really I know, try I know, I know. to get you to sign on for it.
3: oh really there's no one that there's yeah. no conspiracy
4: theory he, out did, there was andrew I, on before me
3: we had craig carton on before oh. you That's <laughs> <what I
4: had. laughs> actually we had craig carton on facetime <laughs> you, isn't it isn't it cool that andrew worked in philly and now his brother works for me uh, it is. and the best part about right. that is they're twins and most people, when they see Adam Barry wear an Eagle sweatshirt, they're like, Andrew, why are you still wearing <laughs> Eagles gear?" Right, right. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'm gonna try to flip him so I can get some inside information. I'm gonna send him on a stealth mission to Cleveland. What? I, Probably not. I, like uh, that would be a good conspiracy theory. That, that's right. <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and you so wonder, you wonder
3: why I am. Why I, to, uh, why I am to talk to about with you? Uh, uh, you're always a fun uh, interview. Uh, seriously, I mean that. Of course, you're still the the captain of one of the best teams in football. What's What's a tougher year to digest? Losing the Super Bowl in a heartbreaking way or kind of what happened this year with kind of just playing underwhelming football down the stretch?
4: They're both traumatic. I know they are. And, um, you know, I think that losing the Super Bowl because of the way the NFL calendar is, you don't really have a chance to digest it because yeah. you've got to kind of run and you feel behind. You're right back here the next week. And um, I said this. Um, I said this to someone today. I don't know that I really dealt with it, and uh, and it's kind of came up a little bit with the trauma of this year. Huh. You know, so um, you know, I, I think that a lot of these scars, you know, the the NFL, the football gods, you know, they don't want to make anything too easy. Anytime you think you got figure it figured out, you right. know, they kind of kick you in the ass. Yep. Um, so I think they're they're equally hard. Um, you know, lo- losing's hard. You know, no matter when you do it, and so. Um, you know I think that also it makes it makes the great moments you know I think being doing this as long as I have, you can enjoy the moments you know even the wins you know you have to enjoy um but it it, it certainly when when you have those moments when you see the confetti falling down and and you're kind of down there and you you're walking off the field and someone else is enjoying it, it's hard. I think losing six to seven games when you start ten and one hard yeah, right. Um, and so, you know, I think the only way for me personally to deal with it is what can I do better? Mm. You know, how can I make sure that we have the best possible roster with the best possible people on and off the field that I possibly can do? And so, you know, I was just saying this to to Bob. I was saying, you know, there, there's something about the off season that for me personally is invigorating because it's like, you know, as you guys know, I have four kids. And so, like, when you're watching them play a sport, like, you want to be there for them. And, um, you know, when you help run a team, you, you feel the same way about your players, yeah. but you can't control it. Right. And so at least this is a, a part of a process where you feel like you, you maintain some control, if yeah. that makes sense. Right, right. All right, so the end of the year,
3: like if you had to put your spin or your assessment on the six or seven games,
4: right? Mm-hmm. You know how would you, how would you articulate it to us? I think you really have to go back and look at it f- from the season perspective. Okay. And I was just saying this, um, you know, I think it's hard when you do these end-of-season press conferences, you're fresh off uh, the season, fresh off that trauma. I think you got to go back and really just take a minute with fresh eyes and really evaluate it and, and really evaluate your team first. Before you can even dive into free agency in the draft and really figure out, like, are these some things that you think based on the last six or seven games yeah. or that now you yeah. really believe? Right. And so I think that's the most important thing. And, and I think the, the bottom line, Chris, is we weren't good enough, you know, and, and that starts with me uh, to make sure that we are good enough. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Yeah.
1: I don't want to pick around in that wound too much, but I am curious because we had Andy Reid on a little bit ago. I mean, they mm-hmm. bottomed out. Christmas Day, Best. lost to the Raiders at home, and found a way to flip the switch. Mm-hmm. Like, was there just no switch there to flip this year, or you just couldn't, the team collectively couldn't
4: yeah. get it turned around? I think sometimes you have years where um, you you expand so much energy during the season that it's kind of like when you try to find that kind of superpower button, it's like, maybe we already used it, you know? Um, and I'm just talking out loud, I'm yeah. thinking out loud as yeah. you're saying that, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're kind of like... You're cruising, and it's like, now we got to hit the superpower bone. And certainly, you know, Coach Reed and the Chiefs, I mean, unbelievable. You know, um, uh, continued success, and congratulations to him. Um, Obviously, whatever we had wasn't enough, and um, we got to be better. How much
1: of it do you think was carryover physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally from getting so close to winning the Super Bowl, playing into February,
4: and starting over again back at zero and zero, seven months later. I think whatever i would tell you would be an excuse, you know, and, and certainly you've seen teams who've lost the Super Bowl, who've had bad years coming back, and you can point to some of those factors, but you've also seen teams that have played really well coming off a Super Bowl loss. So anything I would give you here um, wouldn't be fair either way, and I think at, at the end of the day we got to kind of learn from 2023 and uh, kind of have, have it in our rearview mirror but understand there were some lessons there and move on to 2024.
3: What do you preach right now to the team with all these off the field distractions? Your coaches, all this, all this talk, locker room. And yeah. I'm not saying any of it's yeah. credible or whatever, but, but it's, it's out just, there. It's it's out out there. there. Exactly. You got to deal with it, right?
4: Well, I, I, I don't feel that. You, you know? don't. I don't. Okay. I don't feel that. Yeah. I feel like we have a tremendous core group of players right. uh, who are under contract. You know, certainly on offense, most of these guys are are young. You know, obviously you got two future Hall of Famers and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, who are probably a little bit different age bracket. But when you look at A.J., when you look at Devontae, when you look at Dallas Goddard, when you look at Jordan Mulata, when you look at Landon, when you look at Cam Jurgens, when you look at Jalen Hurts, young players yep. um, who have great football character. They love to play. Um, and then, you, you know, you talk about the coaching staff. And, and obviously, you know, you make those moves. And, and Coach Ariana is a better person to talk about it. But you make those moves, you know, by thinking you're bringing in really good people. Right. And so... Um, you know, I, I I haven't really thought about it the, the way you put it, uh, in all honesty. I feel like we have really good people, and and it's like a layer cake. We've got to build upon that and, and get better.
3: Well, I, you brought me there. I want to ask you this anyway. What excites you the most about, you know, the new coaching staff, right? I mean, it seemed like Fangio kind of got away from you guys in a way that maybe you didn't want him to get away. Yeah. Uh, but what does what, what the, the new look excite?
4: Yeah, I think, I think when you when you think about – Defense and mentality in Philadelphia, and you know I've been very fortunate to have been around some some great defense coordinators with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, some guys who were on our staff and became great defense coordinators. Some who were our defense coordinators. You know it starts with mentality, and um, certainly you know Vic brings a mentality on, on how he wants to play defense, which is exciting. And and then you know uh, Coach Adam Kellen is exciting. You know I think I think he just mentioned there. I think you're talking about you know two years ago maybe two of the top three offenses in the league in yeah, combined right. forces. And you know, I know when we go and play Dallas, you know, you, obviously really good offense. Continue to be a good offense. So I think those are exciting, but again, you know, this is all on paper. I think I've learned a lot that things on paper, they look good. You gotta come together. You gotta come together on and off the field as a staff and and certainly as a team. Yeah. You mentioned Jason Kelsey. At the end of his documentary,
1: there's a scene where he's Agonizing with what to do because you guys need to know what he's going to do. When do you need to know what Jason Kelsey's going to do
4: for 2024? Well, I know this. Um, you know, I don't think that there's a scenario in any of our minds, starting with Jeffrey, where Jason ever plays anywhere else. So um, he deserves the time to decide what he wants to do. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're going to accommodate that because. No, he doesn't need to be rushed on that and whatever he But he, he wants. was
1: making it clear, he, you guys need to know by the start of the league year last year. He made that clear in the documentary. Is that well, one you need to know this well, year? Well, a lot, a lot of
3: things are different last year than right. this year. <laughs> All right. All right. I like it. Yes, you, you, you're my favorite. You really are. Because you Thank give it to him as right. good as anybody there is. It's, 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 it's,
0: it's, it's but he but needs the problem that, is he guys. can take shots at me the well, three hundred other no, no, days. You won't be here. Right, you don't, Yeah, Don't fight with here. the guy who buys his sink by <laughs> the truckload, Howard. I'll
3: be here. I'll be here sticking up for you, Mr. GM of Philadelphia. It's mightier than the sword. I'm not that stupid. I'm intrigued by this because of what you've done. You've built a super talented team. It's incredibly deep. You got old and new and young. How do you balance getting the young guys in the game a little bit to grow or whatever? Yeah. How does that go down between you and the coaching staff? I'm just curious.
4: Yeah. I, I, you know what? It's it's one of the topics that we've talked about here. Um, you know, being I think that you know the last couple of years because we've had kind of this mix of of young guys who are learning from these veteran guys. Right. You know, right. you look at the defense tackle position, learning from Fletch and Hargrave, and then. You know, looking at the old line and learning from Kelsey and, and Lane, and then you get to kind of you like you got a guy like Cam Jurgens yeah. who obviously played uh, this year, and so maybe you have that flexibility when you don't have all these high-priced players. But certainly, as you look at, at some of the guys coming up, as you look at some of the guys that we've paid, you know, you probably don't have that flexibility yeah, as much. And, right. and I think there's something exciting about it. Now, I think there's something like. Mysterious about it too, where yeah. it's not like, all right, I got this guy, you know, he's a second or third round pick. We just got to throw him out there. Where before it's like, all right, I got this veteran guy who can play, and then you have this backup learning. But I think that just uh, it's 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 the evolution of the team, and I know the coaches are excited about that. Our player development program is excited about that, about giving these guys opportunities. Right, right. I, I was. You might. You want to go I'm on? One? All right.
3: I'm always intrigued by the next curve, too, of football, right? Like – when I, I was I worked in New England when I got done mm-hmm. playing, and they were at that point going, hey, the new thing is going to be fast middle mm-hmm. linebackers yep. that are not thumpers, right? right. And I was kind of like, are you sure, right? right? And, of course, that it was the way it went. Right. Is course. there anything right now in football that you find that's evolving in a weird way or a different way? You've been around it for so long. You know,
4: I, I would say this. I, I certainly don't want to talk about how we think and, and do things because there's no reason to it. We're competing with 31 really smart, good teams. But I would say this. I would say that... If, if you really look at the teams that are winning, yeah. they're a step ahead. If you're following teams, if you're mm. saying, "Hey, these are the teams that are winning," we got to try to do it. And I think, I, you know, I give John Schneider a lot of credit. I always think about the Seattle, you know, and how they were playing defense right. and how they were able to get these big long corners who maybe weren't four four guys right. in the fourth and fifth round. But it was and ahead they, of the times. Well, and then they started losing coaches, yeah. and then all of a sudden these guys went in the first and second round. So it wasn't as much a competitive advantage. You know, right. I think Coach Reed. Where he was taking these defensive ends who were six two and two forty five and we were drafting them in the fourth and fifth rounds right. and these were fastballs off the edge, you know? Well the league started to catch on. So we're we're trying to say what can be a competitive advantage? Where can we get a head start on things? And I think our best teams had little areas that yeah. we could kind of maximize for the moment, right? And everyone catches up, you know. But I think that's what that's what we're trying to find out. That's what we're spending time trying to figure out to see what what can be next, so that we're not just following the curve because you, there's there's no benefit in that. You don't get the guys at a, yeah. at a lower rate, so right. um, you know, obviously. that's So I was why trying to look
3: for the new, the next move. Is is well, basically your answer? And, and,
4: yeah, and we'll and we'll do and sometimes we'll try some things and yeah. you know uh, you know we, we have it, we have an idea that we're trying we're going to try and we'll see if it works yeah, you know right. and then you know maybe a year or two I can say hey remember that conversation because it'll be taken but if it doesn't work I'll deny it ever happened howie. <laughs> <Are we? laughs> You'll try to deny it ever happened. Uh, uh, <laughs> Howie <laughs> Roseman,
1: Eagles GM, thanks as always for joining I us. F- I felt
4: like this was a one-on-one. I that's, felt fine. Like hey, that's fine. He's, he's been, been doing it all day. day. It's like Am I'm not I, even here. What? Okay.
1: what? Am I? We'll be back. Damn. Are we taking it. a break? Uh, are we doing I, break? I guess we are. We're taking a break. We're <laughs> <Or> PFT Live <Library> right <laughs> after this. Uh, Scouting <laughs> Combine in Indianapolis. Don't fall down the escalator. Oh, don't yeah, try yeah, to walk yeah. down the up escalator either. Oh, there yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's you. here. In the flesh. Brandon Bean, General Was he just on the Ranzer escalator? The that was was that him on the escalator? Was, oh, I don't <laughs> know. I <laughs> thought that's what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, it was him. It was, okay, him. It was. I, I think the, it was him. I missed
3: the dark. Memo, you oh, guys uh, are. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I see you're, you're like the second or third person that's commented that I am not smart enough to put together outfits, so I either wear all black or all blue. You could ask NBC almost every day of my life.
1: He's wearing all black because at the Super Bowl he sweat through his shirt every
3: day, uh, so he's going with black. It today. hides it well. It yeah. does, yeah, it yeah, does yeah, hide yeah, it well. Yeah, yeah. It definitely does. How are you? Good, good. good. You? Good. Yeah. Good. You get you guys here all week or what? All week. Here Friday, Friday. Yep, you know. Okay. The schedule the way it's laid out, the quarterbacks being available on Friday and all that. So it it's a it full good. week, right? Yeah. And yeah. now we get to sit here and grill you too. We're going to so do some so advanced scouting
1: on the quarterbacks. Not that you're looking for a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to not have to look for a quarterback. Yes,
5: it is. It is. Uh it's good to have one. Um I would not want to be having to do it again, but it was a fun process to look back on, but stressful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely stressful. All
3: right. So you you look at this year, right? I mean, you guys continue to do great things, can't get over the hump, whatever, right? Yeah. right what, what's this, the off-season challenge here for the 2024 season that Brandon Bean's looking at right now? Yeah, I mean, our first challenge is obviously
5: getting our cap squared away yeah. and, and getting under, you know, I was excited to see 255 versus like 245. Is that um, what you thought it was going to be, 245? We, we thought it would be mid, mid-240s. Yeah. We, we were actually conservatively counting a little bit lower, but um, – when I saw last week it could be closer to 250 than 240. I was like, all right, maybe it's getting to 248, 249. This is good. And it pops out at 255. I was, you know, it's it saves you. Maybe it's one less guy you got to right. release or restructure because you're trying to balance that of you don't want to just credit card everyone and just pile it up. At some point, that's going to come due. So you're trying to balance it. I, just, I don't really want to walk into 2025 or 2026 and say, All right, we got 112 million to unload. How are we even going to get into the season? So it is a balance when you have a quarterback, but uh,
3: uh, we're trying to massage that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I, I'd love to start there, and just the fact that again, your team, it's. It's well built, right? Here's one of the things that I always say, and please push back to me, tell me no, I'm good. an idiot or whatever, right? One of the things I always go is, man, the Bills—they got all the steak and potatoes and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. I just sometimes go, I think they just need a few more playmakers to maybe take pressure off of Josh Allen at times. I—I yeah. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful no. or anything that way, yeah. But kind of give me your state of the union on you know idiots like me kind of saying stuff like that.
5: No, you're not an idiot. I think. Listen, yes, yes. You're, you're always, you're always <laughs> wanting as many playmakers. Who, who wouldn't? Yeah, you know, right. playing basketball, you want as many Steph Currys as, as you can put on your team. Right. Um, but I always believe it starts up front. And I thought this was the best O-line we've had mm, yeah. uh, since Sean and I have been there. I right. thought um, the, the two guards we added, the one in, in, in McGovern uh, on the left guard and then right. uh, the, Saibo on, on the right, yep. you know, we, we set a firm pocket. We stayed healthy up there. I thought that really helped Josh not have to bail as much. Yeah. Obviously, we still use his legs. Uh, we added a Dalton Kincaid, which people were like, oh, we well, had Dawson Knox. Why did you? And we just looked at it more as adding a weapon, a mismatch, trying to yeah, give Joe right. Brady at the time, trying to give Ken Dorsey, but trying to give Joe Brady as many pieces as you can. And a James Cook is a guy that we feel started to ascend this, right. uh, this year. He. You know, he actually dropped a couple of touchdowns. He made some big plays yeah. for us, but hoping that, you know, he'll continue to ascend. But, yes, um, we would love, you know, if it works out in free agency of the draft to find another playmaker to add, you know, whether it's a receiver or whatever position yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
1: Your head coach, Sean McDermott, said yesterday it's a matter of when, not if the Bills win a Super Bowl. When you hear that, is that – He's like, don't be writing those checks and signing my name to them. I mean, how do you react to that?
5: No, I think, you listen, you, if you're going to sit in his seat or sit in my seat uh, or Josh Allen's seat, you you, you got to be confident. And, you know, it's out of character for Sean McDermott because he's, he's buttoned up. He's never going to say anything. And, and I say it's out of character. It's like it's almost a good thing. Like, you know what, we, yes, are we frustrated that we haven't gotten to the top you know, we feel we've had some teams that could have done it for whatever reason you want to get into that we didn't. Um, but we have, a, we have a strong team. We have a strong nucleus. Uh, there's always tweaks. Every team is, is, is a new team. But we are confident that we know what it takes. Hopefully we've learned along the way things I can do better. I'm sure Sean's saying things he can do better. And you're hoping your years of experience. And you, you look at um, a guy like Coach Reed as a great model, of what he went to four straight NFC championships and yeah. in, in lost Philly three of them, right? And, and you know, finally got there. And and so, yeah. you you first have to get in the tournament, you know, to get a ticket, and you got to get a ticket there. So we've been winning the division. You do that, and you got to be playing your best football when you when you do that, and and hopefully you keep swinging the sword that you get it right. Everything matches up. I know Josh Allen. I've talked to Josh multiple times. It's like he is as determined as ever. Yeah, and another year under his belt. He, he's tired of coming up short. Yeah, you know well, as
3: well. That, that's where I wanted to go a little. Like, I, I think, are, are you ever surprised there that like sometimes the national media and people are on Josh Allen like he's the problem, yeah. right? I mean, I know we I are. Heard, I
1: know uh, Chris, Chris
3: uh, is very vocal
1: about that. Well, I'm sure there he are certain knows networks out there where yeah. it's all
3: Josh Allen. I'm just fault. like, what? So I, I mean, how do you guys deal with that? How does he deal with that? Do you guys ever say anything to him or you know? No, I think I think Josh. Listen, Josh. Um,
5: like anything, like any player, any competitor, he, he's all, he's never going to take that chip off. No, I, mean, I know. You guys remember when he was drafted? All the right. stuff and coming out of Wyoming, this guy couldn't hit a barn door. Um, all the things that was said. You can't fix accuracy and and all the the the. So it's nothing new for him, and it's yeah. it's almost become like that's just what it is. And I don't know that it'll ever change. I think he's just one of those guys that some people are never going to come off the fact that they didn't like him. Right. And they didn't see the, the talent being able to – they saw the physical talent, but they didn't think it would translate a to quarterback. quarterback play. Right. You know? right. And so anytime something goes, oh, he's regressed. And, and I also think – I mean, he's been listed as a – he's going to be the favorite this year to win the MVP <laughs> yeah, or yeah, he's yeah. in the top three. Right. And – How many times do we say the Heisman favorite doesn't win because everyone's expecting this every week? And, you know, I feel like Josh is also one of those guys where he can make 20 great plays in a game, Mm -hmm. but if he makes two careless, those are what shows up,
1: you know, on all the
3: highlight shows. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Right. I'm amazed by
1: that. Last year you guys were carrying heavy expectations, 2022. Super Bowl favorites like the Bengals just went there last year and the Chiefs are here but why, why are we the ones that are carrying this weight same ideas with Josh Allen this year you didn't have that burden of expectations this year things started kind of rocky what was the moment from your vantage point where it changed and why did it change
5: yeah I mean we definitely we, we were six and six at one point and we were in that lull and and our offense, you know, I think people always have an expectation for our offense. And so we were going through some games where we were struggling early and, and getting behind. And then, you know, now all of a sudden, whether it's a lesser team, I mean, we went into New England and they came down, kicked a field goal. The opening kickoff, that we get a holding penalty. We're I think we're starting on like the eight-yard line. Yeah. Josh, you know, made not a smart decision. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you through a, a seven route that was – he was baited on a little bit. Right. Before we get the, we run in run offensive play. Yeah. We're down 10 nothing on the road. Right. And so you give a team, a division team, uh, life like that. And we just had some games. We're, we're playing Denver at home on uh, Monday night. And I think we fumbled the very first play of the game. You did. Uh, ja- uh, James, James Cook. James Cook. He, yeah. didn't,
3: he wasn't in the game for a much longer. And, long and so after that. <laughs> it was just like we were shooting
5: ourselves right. in the foot, uh, you know, Mike. And, and so. Ultimately, we decided a change needed to be made, you know, at the coordinator. I think we had a, a, a buy in there, and it just backs against the wall. You find out what you're made of. Obviously, you know, the thing came out with Sean's thing. Like, I think just all That was of it, huge, though, wasn't it, yeah. that hit piece? Yeah, I think it was. Right,
1: wrong, accurate, inaccurate. That seemed to light the fire.
5: I think it was all at once. Like, you're changing a coordinator. um, You can't lose another game. You guys are done. Yeah, yeah, um, we were. We had like a four percent chance to win the division at six and six, and I think you know Josh, being Josh, the chip on his shoulder, was like, "Come hell or high water, we're going to find a way to get
1: in." Right. One more question. I'm going to be accused of being a troublemaker for asking this, but But no, as the the cap keeps going up and up. Yeah, Josh. 43 million a year, 30 million. Cash ah, here flow he this goes. Show. I mean at what point do you No, there at what goes. point do you say I got to get ahead of this? Mm-hmm. I got I got to I got to sit down with him and and correct this to better reflect his value to the team. I'm not getting a percentage for the extension by saying this. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying for you yeah. as a GM, at what point do you say I probably should take care of this. It's probably getting to be a little glaring. Are you, are you working for his agent? Uh, not no. yet. <laughs> I'm trying to. look. Like you are. John I'm auditioning. You're flinching over here.
3: Mike, you know we don't talk about
5: contracts.
3: All right. <laughs> 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 Good question. <laughs> uh, well done. Good answer. So don't be surprised when you hear that this year, though, this offseason at some I'm point. I'm not going to write they it. They should pay Josh Allen oh. more. That's what he's going so to write to you. Believe me, his agent's yeah. going to
5: find this and probably text <laughs> it over to me today and say, I'm not going to write it today. Hey, you
3: want to meet it
1: such and such later on i yeah. town made some good points. Let's yeah. 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 talk. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, all right, thanks. Man. And uh, Brandon <laughs> V, GM of so the like Buffalo it. Bills. Yeah, More PFT it. Live right after this. Thank you,
0: buddy. Around any corner, within
4: every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait.
3: Today, and we're back we are back
1: three hours basically. that was a quick break that was we are here at the scouting combine in indianapolis and
3: seahawks baby
1: general manager of the seattle seahawks been with the organization since the year 2010 john schneider you're getting Don. old man
3: you're getting You're old. You're a dinosaur for this this business. <laughs> they were asking me questions earlier, like, hey, what do you think
6: about Elliot Wolf? Dan Morgan. I'm like, holy <laughs> smokes, you guys are making me feel old. <laughs> all right, well good. I just wanted to rub it in a little yeah, bit. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. No That's hey, what I'm here for. Yeah. I deal with it all <laughs> and the time. I'll go get my report on you too if you want that. Later. <laughs> well, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, okay. In fact,
3: if you I would love if we could have you on in the off season, you can read my rescouting report on me. Would you have would you have the guts to do that at some point in the okay. I probably could. I, would you have the guts might, to hear? I it? might have one on your dad. <laughs> yeah, that would have be even better. So you've already dinosaur. <laughs> it's official. Um, all right. So yeah. serious note. Yeah. Did you did you see see sense the Pete Carroll thing coming
6: at all? I mean, did you have any inkling? You know, with Pete. You know, with working with Pete over the years. You know, older gentlemen like that. You have to be. You just have to be ready. Yeah. And so, um, not last year. You know, but we went through that five-game stretch this year that was pretty rough. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, our standards are standard, and, and, and we finished, you know, still with nine wins, but yet we felt it was yeah, did not feel up to par. Right. And, uh, you know, Pete got together with Jody after the season, and, and uh, the two of them had their conversations. And then, you know, my job has always been like, hey, like, let's get ready to roll if it's time to roll. So that's what we did. Yeah. When you look back
1: on last year, yeah. can you pinpoint, like, where it went wrong so where we need to address things going forward?
6: Yeah, I think we did that, um, you know, organically throughout our process. Uh, when, we, when we were interviewing coaches, it was like, all right, we didn't really have the time to necessarily do it because we started – we were a little late in the process. Uh, we went through this stuff with Pete uh, on a Wednesday, I believe. And then so, you know, your, you know the your DEI training and getting all the questions approved – and getting ready to go was uh, we were a little late. We almost weren't able to interview uh, Mike Donald. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you're kind of always doing it through the season, but I think once you start interviewing guys and you're, like, listening to everybody and their different core philosophies and, you know, football worlds, if you will, you can kind of, okay, you kind of see, you learn a lot.
1: Right, right. And, but, you, and you go from a guy who's 72 to a guy literally half
6: his age. Yeah, you have this coach yeah. now in the league and Mike McDonald. What yeah. drew you to
1: him? What was the thing that made you say, this is our guy? Oh,
6: wow. Well, the product first. You know, we look at, uh, you know, over the years, whether it was Ozzie Newsome or Eric now, we've always talked about whether like, there's a there's like a familiarity between the two organizations. We always You felt seem like, like sisters or cousins it's, it's, it's or brothers or whatever. Yes, yes. It's I like you're
3: the NFC version of them. Are they the AFC version of you? you're always ways? drafting
6: players that we getting ready to take. and right. You know, vice versa, or going after the same players in free agency. Just big bad killers, is what you. Guys I don't know which I don't know right. why that happened, but uh, so just being attracted to the Raven organization, and then you know, watching again the product, watching the film, watching uh, what he did at Michigan, watching how they, you know, he goes back to the Ravens, what they did, you know, with the Ravens since he came back, and then you know, watching Michigan play this year. Yeah. You know, I was at Michigan on a Friday, and I think they had like twenty-four guys, you know, to go through and. You know, so, and then when you sit down with them, so you see the product, and you sit down, you see the clarity, you see the uh, maturity, uh, you see the football intelligence, and it just, it just, stands out. I don't know how else to, to yeah. uh, explain it other than that.
3: Well, It almost feels like a carbon copy or like a repeat of history of like, you know, wh- hey, it's, it's Pete and Gus Bradley, and here we go Seattle 3, and yes. we're going to be a defensive innovating team. Yeah. I mean, did, w- did you intend for that to happen, or that happened no. organically? <laughs> no, I wish yeah. I could say yes, right. but,
6: uh, you know, doing all the background research, like I said, we weren't able to speak with Mike yeah. in that first round, so, uh, you know, being able to speak to all, all of our relationships – with the people that had been interviewing we were able to interview them at a number of my friends and, uh, with our relationships around the league that basically said, Hey, you know, uh, the two, of you guys, I think would really hit it off. And then the people we had in the room, you know, um, Jody and, and, uh, you know, everybody was included in the search. Every, every just kind of really, it, it just stood out. you you're interviewing somebody for an hour and a half and it felt like 20 minutes. Yeah, so it, it stands out pretty quick right. you know
1: when when oh, you point out the similarities between yeah. the two organizations the Seahawks and the Ravens that had to make it even more impactful to you it did when you played the Ravens this year the outcome of that game not just we have to change but maybe somebody on that staff is who we need to come in here and shepherd this change
6: Yeah, a couple of players ask me you know after the game who's the you know what was that what just happened who was that right. who was the coordinator you know what that what was like, it about that, the defense? Yeah, that, that, well, that. That, that was ridiculous. You know, right. you know the, you know the the, the um, complexity, right? Through like the vagueness or whatever. I mean, it, it stood out. Did, do you did you not get the memo? Right, you didn't get the memo this year. You're
3: you 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 hired a defensive head coach. <laughs> so, yeah, you're you're supposed, supposed to hire to, somebody yes, from Shanahan and McVay's yes, coaching tree, or you're yes, just you're an idiot. Yes, especially if you come from Green Bay. Right? I you're you're crazy, to hire I the, mean, what yes, are you doing? Guy, I mean, yes. it, it almost yeah. like I admire you. I really do to take this approach because I'm as an ex quarterback. I'm sick of hearing about quarterback OC and that whole thing. I really am, right? Well, do you feel like it gives you a competitive advantage anyway? Are you thinking of McVay and Shanahan in the NFC West? And you know, able to speak
6: to those guys and you know, you know, asking them about what they think of the league. And you know, those guys were gracious enough to spend you know time with me and and. you know, just kind of like in your own mind, you know, understand that you're you're headed down the right path, and you know, I had somebody you know tell me, hey, you know, this this is the uh, defensive version of Sean McVay, yeah, and, sure. and the way he communicates, and right. then, and so in our division, you know, Drew Petzing's a up and coming play one. caller, and the and then you have Kyle, and and you know, Sean. I mean, you know, I I guess in our division, it's like you know, pick your poison, yeah, right? So yeah. this was. Mike was just a great fit. I think you guys will really enjoy it. I don't know if you've met him yet or not. No, he's, not yet. He's I'm a, a huge fan. Of him. Yeah. I
3: mean, they're D, I, I love the defense. Yeah. Team.
6: So, look, it's still a
1: quarterback-driven league. Yeah. Yep. And Geno Smith, you did some contractual stuff recently. It, it. Is it fair to say he's QB1, or is it competition or TBD? Where yeah, we hope we?
6: It, we hope there to be competition. But, I mean, he's been our starter two years now, and that was really just, you know, we have triggers in there, automatic triggers. It was just a matter of when we were going to do it, right? So having the roster bonus – convert to the signing bonus just to give us more uh, cap room. We didn't we didn't uh, you know foresee the cap going up as much as it did. Uh, but to be able to have that, you know, create that room was important for would us Would you as have well. not
1: activated the trigger if you had no, known we would, it was 255? No, we would have done it anyway. But what I did you think it was see, going to
6: be? I was thinking 249. Oh, you yeah. were high. That
1: were, okay. yeah, That's high. Most were yeah.
6: low, low 240s. Yeah, I can't give you my insider guy, but, yeah, it was 249 was the number. When <laughs> yeah. he said 245, it was like, let's right. go. Right. So, yeah.
3: You, uh, I got to ask you about one of your rookies. Who, yeah. I mean, he was maybe the most fun rookie to watch on the defensive side of the ball this year. Yeah. Right? Devin Witherspoon, you know, talk about him, you know, what led you to drafting him last year, all of that, and kind of the, the influence he has on your, your yeah. young guys on your team right now.
6: Yeah, well, your dad would have played against Dale Carter. Yeah. And you reminded me a lot of Dale And that, right. you know, he could play inside, he could play outside, his feel-for-brow concepts behind him. Yeah. His uh, his physicality, uh, the love of the game. And, and you know, he missed, I want to say he missed four games. Right. and And uh, so we missed him in the first game, and then we missed him down the stretch a little bit there too. But uh, he's an infectious personality. You know, he works his tail off. It's important to him. um uh, You got a little light at the end of the season. I think it was like 178, Uh, 180, right there. That
3: rookie wearing down body mode, right? Yep.
6: So we got to put some body armor on him, but uh, you know, really excited. And you know, we we had definitely you know discussed those quarterbacks up there, but for him to be available for us at that point was extremely important. And uh, yeah, I guess two years in a row, you know, up in Seattle, you don't get. You know, offensive rookie of the year, or defensive rookie of the year—it just doesn't happen up there. No, 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 you know, it doesn't
3: happen. I know you guys are kind of like lost I under guess the you, radar. Yeah, up I'm there. not sure how many. Do you do you sacks or it's, interceptions happen? It, have. It's, it's, yeah, the the stats are all that matters this day and age. What what about you know? The the process with Mike McDonald and evaluating, like, is there a thing you have to go through? You know, with Pete, he probably had his own vision of guys, but Mike's coming from a different school of thought and how they do things. So how much do you converse with him and kind of
6: figure out this new formula? Yeah, we do. I mean, nonstop. So, like I said, 15 years ago, you know, uh, the I was worked with the Packers. We were the youngest team in the NFL. Seattle hired uh, uh, Pete, you know, being at SC. They wanted to be a young football team. So we came down here, we were learning each other, you know, building our philosophies by position. Uh, but really, you know, uh, Mike and I have done that as well, but there's there's a, you kind of get used to things. And, you know, just maybe last week, a week before, I was, he had asked me a question and I thought to myself, you know, wow, like I haven't sat down and told him like how our free agency meetings are going to go or what the draft looks like. Like, I, you know, you just take things for granted after right. a while, right? So, um, but no, I think, you know, like, play like a Raven, always compete. Those things are very similar, and so I don't think it's going to be that drastic by position. Gotcha.
1: Coach McDonald, Zach, asked earlier this week about Drew Locke and how he fits into things. Yeah. From your perspective, how does Locke, who's going to be a free agent again, came back last year, hits the market this year, does he fit on the depth chart?
6: He does. He does. We'd love to have him back. And, uh, you know, the first year after we traded for him, he was supposed to have the second game, I believe. Yeah, it was against Chicago in the preseason. And he got COVID real bad, um, lost his legs. So he plays in the third game against Dallas, and just did not have his legs at all. Threw a couple of balls that he'd love to have back. And then once that happened, you know, Shane Waldron, Pete, Dave Canales, those guys did a phenomenal job of of, of instilling that confidence in Gino. And once once Pete uh, named Gino the starter, Gino's confidence just went through the roof. Uh, Drew had a nice you know he had a nice year for us this year. Um played those two games, played a great two games for us. And, uh, yeah, we'll be meeting with all, all those guys down here this week, and hopefully we can have them back.
3: I, I'm, I'm, uh, I know you gotta go. we got to go. i got one more for you just as far as, like, you know, almost culture-ish. You guys were almost close to a dynasty and all that stuff there and uh, damn good. And I uh-huh. know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bring up bad memories. Yeah. But the Chiefs right now. Yeah. Just you looking at them. I know you know Andy, yeah. right? What what impresses you about them, their culture, maybe that you know the rest of us yeah. don't see?
6: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, Andy, you know, yeah. that, 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 that staff that uh, I was blessed to be around just right out of college, it was a crazy staff. And yeah. he was really cool about bringing me in and teaching me about tight end play and then just having that openness and his creativity and the way they reinvented themselves with Patrick. Mm. I think it's, you know, I – you know, I told John Lynch this, you know, you know, when I called him after the Super Bowl, I thought that they had the best roster in the National Football League, right. but I don't know how you compete down the stretch against that. None of that is, I think we're seeing rare stuff right there. Right, yeah, I, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, cool to hear you said that. going to
3: have to deal with it for like right. the next, I, yeah. it's rare after one stuff, of the playoff right. they games, didn't feel like they were the better team and they won because is, of he's that quarterback. To yeah. the fans
1: out there, and I've said this before, if you don't like it, watch something else in, in, <laughs> on Sundays in the fall because it's going to be another 10, 15 years of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and everybody else trying to figure out how to beat him. All right, John. John Schneider time. and Mike you, McDonald guys. are going to stop you. that. We'll see what the hell with all that uh, talk. All right, we'll be <laughs> back with Dave Canales. He was mentioned by John Schneider. Dave Canales is going to join us next year on PFT Live. Thank you. We are here at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, talking to plenty of coaches and general managers as the day progresses. Joining us now, the brand new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Dave Canales. He must not know us very well. He wouldn't have agreed to do this. Well, I mean, he's nice
3: to us right now too. He's like, wait, these guys aren't that bad. You know? I got a good way to break the ice, though. But oh, it probably would not go Damn. over well. Well, with Dave. I
1: mean, what? We... He's got a bottle of water, and I was gonna say, don't throw your water on me. Oh, too soon? <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh. Uh, you're funny. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I don't. Really I didn't get say it. it. I was just thinking but about. What do you mean? You don't, don't throw th- your bottle. Okay. Point, see, it just went right over his head. Oh, I got it. Now, now. you got it. I got it. I was late reaction, a like a boomerang. Day. Damn, I'm blonde, sorry. But I didn't ask that question. I'm just saying that would have been a good icebreaker if I had chosen to ask that question, that's yeah. all. But you didn't. Right. I didn't. So, so no. we're good. David, how's it feel to be an NFL head coach?
7: Uh, yeah, what am I doing? Uh, tell me where to be. So, <laughs> it's just two years in a row. First year OC last year. Right. Get to the combine. I'm used to my routines, right, as a quarterback's coach, or yeah. receiver's coach, pass game coordinator, so, OC thing. Okay, now you're watching all these guys, and then let's take it a step further. Now you got to start digging into, you know, last night just a, an evening of pass rushers and linebackers and things like that. So, you know, really just expanding. I'm a curious guy, so just trying to learn, you know, how to figure out a new position and, and how to really, you know, connect with those coaches and, and players. It is crazy when you think about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're good. Yeah.
1: You, you come to Seattle with Pete, mm. 2010, and yeah. you're there in different roles, and you're working your way up, but it's it's slow and it's steady. Yep. And it just kind of settles in, and then all of a sudden it explodes. Yeah. Did you have any idea that was
7: going to happen? I felt like I felt ready for it to happen for a while. Um, and that was part of me just you know, being in Seattle, like, knowing that maybe five or six years ago, like, okay, when am I going to get my shot? I need to call plays. I need to go do this thing that I feel like I'm really prepared for. Um, nobody's really prepared for anything until you get thrown out there and mm. the clock's ticking and you got to spit it out and you push the wrong you know, button. On the side a couple times, so had to get all those out of the <laughs> Where's way. Where's the red flag? Yes. So, another thing I'm going to have to figure out is <laughs> how do I, how how do I check out the surface right here and stay engaged with what the defense yeah. is doing and move with the ball? You know, that's going to be a whole different field. Right. Things that I just watch on TV, watch guys do. But um, anyhow, yeah. So it just kind of, I felt ready. I felt ready to take on the challenge, I should say. Um, and then for it to not happen was like, okay, then how can I reframe that to just continue to grow? Let me learn from these guys that, that we have here. Let me pick Pete's brain more about just being ready for this process and, and kind of try to expand my vision and, and scope to be able to, to you know, have a chance to hit the ground running as much it, as possible.
3: It's, it's interesting because we've seen guys in your position, Ben Johnson, uh, the guy down in Houston, a little bit like, whoa, I've only had one year of play calling. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm ready to be head coach. But you felt like it was time to jump in and go. Like when was that moment where you were like, "I'm okay. I'm going to go. I'm not worried about being a pike caller another year, whatever."
7: Yeah, I think it just goes to a belief in a style of way to play football. Yeah, and um, like you said, it. You know, being with Pete for 14 years, 13 in the NFL. You know, from a structural standpoint, practice plans, uh, off-season plans. You know, to uh, roster improvement, just kind of you know, and of course with Pete, you know, he was had the final say in a lot of the things that, that was done in Seattle, so he really had to prepare himself that way. So the guys that got to spend that much time with him, I was really kind of learning and growing and grooming myself for what if I got a chance to yeah, make a gotcha. final decision. That's not what we're doing in Carolina, but I think that really challenged me to really push what I could see and what I can learn, you know, about the whole process. So I felt confident about, about the process of it, even though obviously – you know, you know, you ain't really ready until you get out there and, and things start happening. Yeah, right. All
3: right, so how do you approach the, the quarterback situation? You had this great success with Baker last year, right. slowly mm-hmm. formulated the offense around him. Now you're with undersized, small Bryce Young, but you got history with Russell Wilson and knowing that similar type of quarterback, right? How yeah. do you kind of view Bryce Young, evaluate him, and, like, yeah. what he needs to do here going forward?
7: Yeah, so this just takes me back to 2012, you know, and young, young Russ coming in and building an offense, building a defense, a team yeah. that allows Russ to really accentuate the, the talents that he has. You know? And so for me, looking at Bryce, you know, let's play a brand of football that takes the quarterback off the high dive. kind of stole that from Sean Payton. He said it last year. is like, the quarterback doesn't need to be you know, the critical part of every single play. How about All you right. just be special three to five times a game? Yeah. You know, how about for the other 95% of the game, you just manage it. You just get us to the right run get us to the right pass, throw it to the first open guy, life's better that way, you know, and so can we get him to playing a brand of football, the run game's a big part of that, play actions, screens, all part of that, just kind of breather plays for the quarterback, you know, can we build that type of a system for a guy that allows him to just feel like I can do this, you know, and then we can expand it, you know, if it calls for that, you know, then we can expand our game and expand what we do, but, um... Minimize those, those situations where you put him in that high stress environment. Right. You
1: know, you had so much time working with Pete, and now that Pete isn't attached to a team, yeah. how much of a resource has he been for you so far, and how much do you expect him to be going forward?
7: Oh, I fully expect Pete to be on call. He's on Eva time, though, so that's like six hours that way, you know, <laughs> so I kind of have to wait till later in the afternoon. Really, after work at night, 9, 10 p.m., sweet spot, right, for Pete. And so, um, for him to be there just kind of really like, hey, wear me out. You're not bothering me. I'm so fired up for you. I'm I'm so excited to you know and uh and really like for him to kind of let me, you know, peek behind the curtain, you know, on some things that yeah. um that he was teaching us and things that he said, yeah, this is this is what we talk about from a from a broad standpoint, but here's really the heart of what I was trying to get done with some of these things, those conversations have been huge.
1: That's no, part of his legacy too. Absolutely. I mean he's invested in it, he's worked with you, you have the relationship, and this is his name going
3: forward as his coaching tree
1: Absolutely. continues to, to flourish.
3: You 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 have any moments like I know you there's only thirty two of these things, right? You went to yeah. a an owner and a team where they fired the coach halfway through the year, yeah. right? Both years. Right. And I don't know all the reasons behind the scenes or whatever else. Yeah. But that as in a position like that you were in, did, did that make you go, oh, wait, do I want to be here? Or is it more like, wait, uh, here's my chance. I got to go both. Yeah, definitely.
7: <laughs> yeah. Definitely, scary good, right? answer. definitely yeah, scary. good answer. But at the same time, like
3: right. I'm 42,
7: you know, I'm not 32. This is not like flash in the pan, you know, young wonder kid, you know, whiz, whiz guy who's doing the next, you know, offensive he's the next offensive guru mind or anything like that i was like i was in a spot that learned good football for a long time so now let me go put these principles into practice i just felt i felt the readiness to this and for this opportunity to happen you know in a division that i know really well Yeah, right you know it's just like then i get a chance to meet mr and mrs tepper and, and to feel the the competitiveness you know to feel the passion you know the the what's behind it and to go okay well I'm betting on myself, you know, and, and I'm going to take this opportunity and 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 I'm going to give it everything I have with, you know, with the staff that's in place there and um, and bring some guys so that we can play a brand of football that they're hoping for and expecting, you right. know. And so um, I kind of liked it, you know, in, in that regard. So and you yeah. know,
1: when you think of it this way, most jobs Dave are open for a reason, and it's right. not a good one. Right. And the window's open. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. If you defer it a year, who knows? You never know if that window's going to be there again. So. That's got to be a huge factor in the final decision.
7: Yeah, so you look at that, right? So it could work two ways for you. One way is you go and have – you build on the success in Tampa, and then you have, say, three or four teams. Or it flops on you, and then you don't get enough of the opportunity. And I've been around those types of situations where coaches are hot for one second, next thing you know, just – you know they're kind of just business as usual. You know, either as coordinators or as position coaches, and
1: or gone um, like Byron Leftwich. I mean, he went from hot to right. yeah,
7: nowhere, nowhere. Right. And so yeah, so it's just for me, it's like there's there's so few opportunities. You know, for me, I'm just I'm a I'm a now guy. I'm a I'm a today. I'm a right now. And um, when I saw this opportunity, and I was like, well, this makes it easy for me because it was the only team that actually requested me for an interview for right. a head coaching job. So it was like all right, let's go win this thing right now because this is the only one I have. So um, just that kind of approach to it.
3: How about, you know, you you, you talked about you you got to see the the Panthers twice a year. You got to see Bryce twice a year. I know you're coaching your own offense. Yeah. But kind of what – how about your thoughts when you're sitting there on the sideline watching him on the field, kind of what impressed you, maybe what he needs to get better at?
7: Yeah, what impressed me about him to start off is just the courage of the guy.
2: So,
3: like, it would be
7: play before he just gets smoked. Right. You know, very next play. Steps up in the pocket, rips a 15, 20-yard end cut, you yeah. know, under duress. And it was like – and his demeanor was such that, like, the play before didn't even happen. Right. Um, and then I have to say on the other side of that, like, hey, how about let's not be so courageous at times. Yeah. And he, he does have that mechanism of get rid of the ball. Right. You know, but as he's going through his progressions, just the decisiveness, you know, just the, the intelligence of the footwork marrying with the concept, like, just a year two improvement – the basic year two leaps that guys make from their rookie year to their second year. I've seen a bunch of coverages. I've seen a bunch of exotic pressures. You know, I've seen what an NFL pass rush looks like, you know, and that being able to build off of that tape, you know, where it's him doing it, you know, it's um it's gonna be really important for us going forward. But, you know, from from a just from as I got to finish kind of my work and then go and right. watch what was happening there, you know, I just I just like to take the pressure off of the quarterback to just be a part of what they're doing offensively instead of trying to be a feature of it.
3: Well, that that leads me kind of my next question, and and I I don't want to go backwards, but I do just because I'm interested in it and I'm learning about you, too. Like with Baker, you know, was there that moment last year? Because you guys kind of started off good, then you went through this lull. Yeah. Baker made a comment, like, I think we got to stop, you know, trying to play through the run game or whatever. Yeah. And it felt like the offense kind of took off from there. Yeah. Right? But what in your eyes was it for him and you guys or whatever that kind of got, you know, the ship straight there in Tampa?
7: Yeah, I think we kind of uh, – I think we won a few games early on just off of a few big plays. We weren't really good at football. Right. That showed up midseason. Yeah. We weren't really good at football, and we weren't that much better than the teams we were playing and we weren't better than some teams. You know, like, when you have Mike, you have somebody who's better than whoever he goes against one-on-one right. pretty much every play. So we knew teams had to do stuff to try to, try to you know, affect him. Um, but you know, as we went through that middle part of it, like, we never gave up on the run game. Yeah. Regardless of what Baker's frustrations might have been, I didn't care. I knew what we needed to do to win the division to try to give us success to see if we can win a playoff game or two and see what, see what happens from there. Yeah, you right, know? And so right. I knew the run game was going to be a part of that. We saw a 20-yard difference from the first half of the season average to the second half of the season. So it was about being steady. It was about being committed to improving fundamentally. It was that 1-0 mentality, a chance to win the division. Guys, can we not block out all the external stories happening right now? Right. Can we just make it about this combo on the backside of the run? We got to make this happen so that this plays. Can we flip the protection on this look? Because that's going to allow us. So we really just fully committed to, like, yeah. this, the incremental, the, fundamental. The nuances. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And then I will say, this was a quarterback competition in training camp. Yeah. It was Kyle Trask. It was Baker Mayfield. We were splitting the reps. Mm. We got Baker all the reps he needed. In the beginning of the season, and then through that middle part, we really started to fine tune the pass game towards Baker's strengths. Okay, and our guys, right? And that's when we started to really find our groove and see. Okay, grooving.
3: that's why I was I was interested.
7: Yeah. That's that great. That's great. Bisoning. Sorry it took me so one, long to but, get to. But, the, but it's, it's one, but one of it's the drawbacks was, of having a quarterback great. competition. Yeah.
1: You're taking away reps. We yeah. say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. From the guy who's ultimately going to be the starter, right. those yeah. reps that go to the other guy could have gone to him. All right, right. two years two years
7: in a row. Yeah, so. two years in a Dave, row. That's right. We
1: appreciate you very much. We wish you all the best in Carolina. Congratulations on your success. Dump some water on him anytime you and, want. Yeah. We'll be back. And, and he, don't <laughs> let him get that bottle because he'll do it. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Okay, thank you. Indianapolis, Indiana, site of the Scouting Combine. We are here through Friday. I think the next few days will be a little less of a roller coaster. It has been a fun three hours, and it really—it's been It's six like hours. five hours, yeah. six hours, because we taped four or five of these at nine. before we even hit noon Eastern. But once we hit noon, it has been one after another after another. I have a list of everybody. We've I've had?
3: actually had a few people who have been with the coaches come over and go, "You guys are amazing." You I, I either like. I don't understand how you guys can keep rattling off questions with all these different guys. They different don't teams know whether or not the
1: questions are good though. Well, they just yeah. know that we're asking questions. Well,
3: I, I say the same thing I say to everybody. Right? I mean, we live it. You and I. So yeah. we're in it all the time. It's not like we're like, oh no, I don't know what to ask this guy. No. You know, we got some help from our Matt Casey's our doing great a great producer, job. Matt Casey I'm giving his us handwritten
1: cards exactly with questions. But and we're they're immersed in it.
3: And We feel like I. Could, I mean, we laugh all the time. We could talk about fifty minutes about the coin. Toss and yeah. and break it down. I mean, that's just what we are. We're kind of nerds. there. somebody
1: way. asked me last week, "What do you do? What do you do to prepare for your show?" It's like I just show just, up. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to prepare Not when if you live you're it all the time it. and you right. think about it all the time and you just talk about it all the time. Yes. So this is great. This was great. I retract my comments Oh, he's retracting. From yesterday, he didn't, didn't want to be come. here. This I'm sucks. I, I hate came. going.
3: The best day is when I'm leaving. I can't even <laughs> remember
1: who all we talked to. We talked to somebody. We, we talked, talked to the good to ones. Kevin O'Connell, right? And.
3: Well, you bring up the Viking first. Well, of all the, well, the you, you bring up the guy that didn't get to the playoffs first? There's news first? there. Okay. There's news
1: there. He made it clear they want to keep Kevin O'Connor. But my assessment of what he said. if You, you want read to keep Kirk Cousins, leaves, you mean? Yeah, they want to keep Kirk yeah, Cousins. Right. What did I say? You said Kevin O'Connell. He wants to keep him, too. <laughs> Reading between the tea leaves, Yeah, they got a number. Yeah. They got a number that they're willing to spend. Hey, I'm all for that. And if he can get more than that,
3: go ahead. Hey, numbers got to start being a part of these gms and these teams they got to start drawing the fine line a little bit right i I do think that you know you've heard me say that you know and i even say that with the conversation of tua in miami at what point are we going to stop this oh just because it's a new quarterback contract he gets to be at the top of the market some of these guys are not top of the market players period so, you know, I do feel like we might be getting to that time here where it seems like there's a little bit more, hey, let's build a team type of thing. I'm hearing that from people more. I find that a little encouraging.
1: And, you know, if the Vikings have budgeted a price for Kirk Cousins that they aren't willing to go beyond, they're inviting him. They are. Engraved. Right. Roll out the red carpet. Go ahead. See if you can get better. If you want to leave, go ahead. You've earned your right to 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 bet on yourself. Yeah. I mean, they, so... They have to be prepared for the possibility that he'll leave. Yeah, sure. And we'll see how it goes. He also told us that they have no intent to trade Justin Jefferson, not ironically, not in a way to make it sound uh, like the Percy Harvin thing. They don't like want to trade. Him. Yes. They don't want to trade him. That's not happening. But at some point, you know, one of the questions I was going to ask him, because yeah. every GM and coach that we talked to about the increase in the salary cap, the $255.4 million, was happy. I wonder how happy they were. Because once it goes up for them – it gets more expensive. Yeah, sure. To keep Justin Jefferson. Right. And maybe somebody else does beat the number that we've already budgeted for Kirk. For Kirk. Cousins, maybe we're going to go back and redo that number yeah, now yeah. because somebody may come in with a better number now that they have found more money to spend that they thought they weren't gonna have. So I, I just wondered that we didn't have time to ask him that question, but I was curious about that. But we had Andy Reed. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it,
3: well it'll be interesting with the Kirk Cousins thing where the rest of the league values him too. And and what he does it that again it's it is a quarterback that you and I both agree is damn good, top tennis in football. We know that, right? But not necessarily the guy that can carry your team You know, right? He needs an offense and a coach like O'Connell or Shanahan or McVeigh. That's what he is a little bit. It's not Allen or Mahomes, right? And then the fact of the matter is, you know, I know he threw some balls on the tennis court yesterday. That did not give me like, oh, he's going to be ready to play here in a few weeks, right? Or or a month or two. I mean, that was slow beginner style drop back and throw. So that's going to hurt his market value too. I think those are all factors here. Look, we've
1: talked in the past about collusion within the confines of the salary cap and owners don't want to give fully guaranteed contracts and he's going to be 36 yeah in august he's coming off that torn achilles tendon i just wonder how much is really out there to bring him in as a new guy when you that, have other options right. available right i don't know and i don't want to hurt his market yeah. i want him to get whatever he can get Sure. but that's all to be determined. The Vikings there's, have a very quiet and steady resolve and confidence that they're going to get him back.
3: Yeah, and and you know, to your point too, there are other options out there. You know, and not, I'm not saying they're as good as Kirk Cousins, but they might go. Wait, this guy's a little less, but we still think we can be every bit as Russell good as Russell Wilson team. for
1: 1.21 I mean, million dollars. Exactly, for dollar, dollar. that's a the best of those option. out there.
3: Out there, that's right. what I'm saying.
1: Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, Peacock a.m. and Sirius XM no
3: 85. 85 have a great day, like and everything.